in from Gosses. Yeah. A wicked one, and it's in. Axel Tuinzebe, first reserve goal for him, and I think it's fair to say he enjoyed it. In towards that near post, the flick on goes all the way through, right in front of the United fans. It is bundled over the line. Tuinzebe, it was in off the crossbar. Welcome to another official Manchester United podcast. Today, we are going to sit down with Axel Twanzebe. Right now, Helen and I, no David May, are sat in changing room seven in the academy building mm-hmm. at the Aeon Training Complex, mm-hmm. somewhere I have been a couple of times. But Helen, I imagine you've been here more than I have. I have. I used to be here quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Because the press conferences have moved to the Jimmy Murphy Centre now. So I haven't actually been in this academy building for a long time. The last time I was in, I was playing a game of rounders. Amazing. Yeah. How'd you get on? I can't remember. Cameraman Thomas put in his hand up. Yeah. What? We lost. Oh. Right. He's, he's letting you, you know, know what? Lost. If he hadn't have been here, I wouldn't have remembered wouldn't have that we now lost. Now you know you lost. <laughs> but I think that was the last time I was in this building. But fond memories, because we used to do Sir Alex Ferguson's uh, press conference in this building. I think a question everybody's going to ask, and I'm, I'm going to ask, because it's all I can think of, is why were you playing rounders? I think it was like June time and there was no players around and just a bit of Team but, bonding. Okay, so it was like an, but it was like MUTV. As in MUTV right, team, so not like I wasn't with the first team. No, I didn't know if it was like maybe rounders. like a family's day with like the players no, and no, stuff, no. or if it, it was, was just MUTV um, a Manchester United staff okay. day. What's that? Sounds I'm nice. I'm looking at the cameraman getting reassurance. I have yeah. such a bad memory, Sam. Okay, Tom I'll call, I'll call it baby brain. All poor. All poor. Apparently, okay. Pride myself in being good at rounders too, but clearly Apparently not. not. Uh, to American listeners, rounders is baseball. Yes. Ever so slightly different, but basically the softball. same thing. Softball. Yeah, well, softball. Is that what it is? I think it is more similar to softball. Nice. Don't not? know where this conversation is going, Sam. i tell you where it's going. It's going uh, right back around in a circle again, because we are in change room seven. It's like every other change room you've ever seen in your life, I think. That seems fair, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. a school changing room. Yep. Um, and we are going to sit down with one of United's um, current big prospects, Axel Twanzebe, who has even captained Manchester United when he did earlier in the season against Rochdale. Mm-hmm. He's had a few injuries, so we can talk about those. And I think the most of his football, like senior football, has come on loan at Villa. Yeah, Aston Villa, and he had such a good time there, didn't he? He did. He played in all three of their playoff, uh, the semi-finals and the, the final. Mm-hmm. Got promoted. And I guess doing so, knowing that you were going to leave that club would be quite interesting. Yeah, I think he's glad to be back, though. And this is where he wants to play his main football again. So let's find out, shall we? We should find out. So here's our chat with Axel Twanzebe minus David May, who is trampolining. <laughs> Axel Twanzebe, welcome to United Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we should start with how are you? Injury update status. What's the current um, news? Yeah, so... Obviously, unfortunately, I've had um, a prolonged injury and um, just coming back into it now, full training with the team. Um, so, yeah, just looking looking to be available for the manager um, on game day. So, essentially, you are you are fit and you are ready? Yes. Perfect. Yes, That's exactly yes, what we want. Yes, exactly. Good exactly, news. yeah. Good news uh, for myself, good news for, for the team. Good to be around the lads again, you know, fully training. So, I've missed it. I've missed it. Yeah, but you have. What's it, what, how do you cope with being injured? What do you do to, to pass the time? Oh, it's it's tough sometimes, um, you know, especially when you're watching the team and you just know that there's nothing you could do at the time to to be helping or to participate in. Um, but really, really, truly, I, I try to get as much work um, done as possible and just try to watch films or whatever, mm-hmm. just relax and just kind of take a take a time to kind of let your body recover and, and heal itself because obviously training and stuff is very demanding. Mm-hmm. 
and you can come home aches and pains every other day. So, um, you know, in, in terms of regenerating, it's, it's, it's kind of a nice period to do so. Uh, Axel, talk to us um, about growing up. What yeah. was your childhood like? Um, quite simple, really. I think um, had to sacrifice kind of being out with friends and, and stuff like that. It was just always football, 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 you know, school, come home, eat, off you go. From what age were you football mad? Um, well, I started kind of, you know, Saturday leagues at like five, six years old and kind of done that for two years. And, you know, just one day a scout was there called Craig and then I started into my development centers and that's when it really kicks, kick starts the process. And you realize that, okay, you might be in for something bigger than you managed, imagined. So then it kind of takes everything down. And my dad was just the biggest support, you know, uh, without him, I would have never got this far. He was always there to, to take me to, um, to support me whenever I had games, he would be there watching, giving always con uh, constructive criticism. Yeah. Never, it was never well done. You played good today. It was, you could have been better. This, 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 that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, but now I think um, I, I am who I am because of him um, and I am where I am because of him. When you said about sacrificing, yeah. would that be a case of, would it be your dad saying you can't do this at the weekend or would it be you going, hey, like say, I don't know, when you're like 16 or whatever and everyone's yeah. going out yeah. and you're thinking, nah, I shouldn't do that because yeah, I've got yeah. things in the morning. Yeah, you miss out on a lot of stuff really. Um, you know, e even now it still happens now. Um, you know, there's events on or whatever, you just can't go to them because you have something in the morning or you can't be having late nights for fun. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not a drinker, I don't drink alcohol at all. Um, you know, so you miss out on kind of like fun stuff that you would see people doing on a, on a regular basis. But for me, it's never really been a sacrifice because I've never wanted to do that, you know? Um, okay, yeah, it's just a, a party or it's just an event. You know, there'll be many more opportunities where you could do so later on in life. So. For for me, I think that that discipline, that kind of football mentality, is is what I've known. So I don't really know a difference. So I couldn't really call it a sacrifice because mm -hmm. that's been my life for so long. Um, so even when it comes to times now, I just like if they say if my friends are coming out, it's just like it's never been part of my routine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's quite easy to say. And they probably no. don't even ask you anymore. Yeah, so they know exactly. You can't go. Yeah, exactly. Because um, you were here from eight years old. Eight years mm -hmm. old. Yeah, been in all these change rooms. I was gonna say, what yeah. are your memories of being here? Because I guess you even remember the first time you came. Uh, yeah, first time I remember when I got my kit. I was at the cliff. Um, what kit was it? I can't remember. I can't remember what kit it was. But I do remember being given my kit mm -hmm. um, for training, um, and yeah, it all started there, and it was a memory that I'd I'd never forget. And even the cliff training at the cliff, um, I still know the layout. I'd still know every little bits about it, and yeah, all these change rooms, the amount of people I've seen come and go, um, you know, it just shows how hard it is really to stay in the system. And a lot of boys do fall off and end up just back into to regular life. Because you were so young when you first joined, have you ever had moments where you've been wandering around and where you've been a younger player and there's been the first team round where you've got a bit starstruck? Yeah, definitely. I think especially because you don't come to Carrington until you're under 11s. So when you see all the first team, you're just kind of like, you'd even stop training kind of just to get a glimpse of them, you know, because these are, these are your idols. You're seeing them play and you're seeing them do something that you aspire to do. I mean, I remember seeing... Um, Wayne Rooney walking across the field and I just couldn't stop shouting his name, you know? <laughs> it's just stuff like that. Um, Cause you're just seeing these guys do amazing stuff and and then coming all the way up and then being able to train with Vaza was, 
you know, it was just something incredible. Did you tell him that story? No, nah, I never told that story. Um, but like, like, it's kind of like, you, you get a bit shy at the time, you know, because... You didn't sound shy, but you just kept shouting his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but when you come to... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're with him in the same dressing room, you, you're kind of thinking, wow, like, how have I made it all this way? And um, yeah, just being surrounded by such... Such great talent is is an honor. Mm-hmm. Just got to ask before we move on. Did he respond when you were shouting his name? Yeah, he just looked and waved, you oh, know. Yeah, so nice. it was good to get the appreciation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously it's just something that pumped me up for the mm-hmm. session. I was going to say, yeah, probably gave you a little buzz that. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. How much did you enjoy your youth career here? Um, yeah, I remember my youth team. I think our youth team was very strong. Um, we had a good coach. Um, we had a coach that taught, not only taught football, but taught um, personalities as well. He wanted us to be good people. Mm. Um, Paul McGuinness, unfortunately, he's not here at the club anymore. But for me, he was, he was very important in my development stage. Um, obviously, teaching us the ways of football, but also teaching us to be good people, good leaders. Um, obviously, how you apply yourself on the pitch, you, you kind of reflect that off the pitch. Um, and wanted us to get as far as we could, you know. Um, for him, it wasn't just a job. It was trying to, like, push young boys to have a career and, and make something of themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. He always cared where you end up, ended up. Um, and the same in the reserve system with Warren Joyce. I mean, he was just like just like Paul, um, but just at a high level of football. Um, and, yeah, he would, he would be bending over backwards to, to get players, clubs, if they left this place or... You know, and again, just just being honest people because that, that honesty shows out on the pitch. You know, you lose the ball to make that 60 yard run. If you're an honest person, you will do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of that kind of mentality, that kind of attributes that they installed in, in a, a lot of players. Mm-hmm. You're obviously, like we've been talking for 10 minutes, but it seems mm-hmm. really clear you're, you're a very sort of football enthusiastic person, but also you seem really humble. But there must have been a point maybe where... Mm-hmm. You worked out you were very good N- nah not really because the level you play out here everyone's very good mm-hmm. so you're not going to be like oh yeah i'm the best or whatever you know what i mean when you it's, go somewhere like the milk cup though do you realize yeah, that we're above yeah we do but um but then when you come back and play other academies and mm-hmm. yeah. it's a it's a real scrap and you're playing people are uh, similar levels to yourself it's, it's that's the reality check you know, you can't get carried away with a, a milk cup tournament. Um, you won the you know, Jimmy Murphy Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Denzel Haroon, Reserve yeah. Team Player of the Year. Yeah. And you said about people that sort of start dropping off and go back to the real world. Yeah. There must come a point where, because obviously now, yeah. first team player. Yeah. But there must come a point where you start thinking, maybe that's not just the dream. Yeah. That's the future. So, yeah. Yeah. You obviously want to change, turn your dreams into reality. And that's something I'm aspiring to do. Um I think, yeah, you kind of do come to acceptance and think, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing it now. Um, I'm actually living what, what I set out to do. And um, I'd say a way to judge that is to look at your family's faces, you know, see how they, they feel towards when you play games and stuff. I mean, my dad now, it was constructive criticism, but now it's just smiles and just joy, you know, yeah. just to see me uh, on the pitch. I mean, even on loan at Villa, just winning the player final was just pure joy and happiness and um, got the shirts framed up in my house. He just walked in and he's just pure joy and happiness. And that's how you can judge it. Just seeing relatives faces and see 
what they're gaining from it, you know? Because it's kind of hard to, to stand back and look at it yourself and think, all right, where have I come from? They understand the journey because they was there with you, but they're not living every moment mm -hmm. so they can judge it better, you know? Mm -hmm. There are loads of United greats that have gone out on loan, yeah. come back, been amazing. Like David Beckham went to yeah. Preston North End. Yeah. When, it, when the club came to you and said, we think we might send you away for a season, was that their yeah. idea? And was it something you were nervous about? No, it was a, a joint idea. Um, I, I needed to play. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of talent at the club at the time, and you know, me and the club um, family was involved. We, you know, we decided to the best thing was to go alone and, and get the minutes in. Um, it worked out, um, and yeah, it's just everyone has different pathways. You know, you can't. It's not always okay. Play every team or play every age group, and then when you're in the first team, you're playing every game. Now, um, you know, people go left, right and centre, you know, and um, my pathway was to go alone and it worked out for me. I mean, alone's not for everyone, but um, you, you got to find what's right for you and what you need in, at that time in your life. At the start, you made um, just five appearances, was it? And then you had yeah. a, a bit of an injury. So how, that must have been gutting for you when you go yeah. to get regular football and then that happens. Yeah. But of course you went back again and yeah. had um, a great experience. Yeah, I mean... For me, first impressions is everything, and I went there to to give off a good first impression. Um, I think I did so because they wanted me back the next season. Steve Bruce, the manager at the time, um, even when I did get get injured, he was showing so much interest in me and asking me when I'll be back. Because, you know, even that season we was making it to the playoff final, so he just kept calling me, calling me, and having that kind of appreciation meant a lot to me. So, um, my my, my mind was kind of done in terms of okay for next season what do I need to do I knew I needed the minutes and the team had not changed here and so yeah we set out again the campaign um just the targets um tweaked the targets a little bit um and yeah we just went out went out and, and done the job to stay in touch with the club here whilst you're away um more so earlier on in the season um could have a few messages here and there from certain individuals from the club I mean I've still got phone numbers um you know, Instagrams and stuff like that from previous players. And yeah, it was a good, it was a good club, um, a, a tight, a tight knit club, a close family. So it, it was just kind of the way I described it was a miniature version of Man United. Um, very good facilities, very good crowd, um, big stadium. Um, so now I, I think I was very fortunate to get a club like Aston Villa wanting me alone. Mm -hmm. It's crazy when you think that you went there in 2018, but yeah. you'd actually made your, well, you had your first team call up three yeah. years before that yeah. here at Man United. That's yeah. crazy, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. Like 17. pathways are very, mm -hmm. very disorientated. It's not straightforward. But when you first get that call yeah. from the manager to say, right, you're going to be on the bench this weekend. Yeah. Do you think that's it? I've made it. Nah, it's <laughs> far from that. That's far from that. But I mean, as, I, as a 17 year old, do yeah. you think that? Nah, I remember it. Um, I was in the youth team change room and um, the kit man, the head kit man, uh, Alec, came in and said, um, yeah, you shirt number 38. Um, I think it was Ryan Giggs at the time that told me I was traveling. And um, I, th I was with two lads at the time. We were just like jumping in the air together. Like, because we always wanted to push each other. If someone went up with the first team was all celebrating for them. You know, that's how, that's the kind of people was with um, at the time. And I remember going and obviously, yeah, you have a manager that supports youth, but then he doesn't continue his, his journey here and mm -hmm. he, and he's let go. And then you have another manager and that's a complete different ballgame to, to manage. So that's what I'm saying, why pathways are so disorientated. I mean, you could be one manager's favourite player and then the other manager mm -hmm. completely dislikes you and doesn't, doesn't cannot work with your traits. Um, 
so yeah, that's why I ended up going along. What was it like going into the playoff final? I guess yeah. really big game, yeah. really exciting, uh, huge stakes, yeah. but probably thinking, doesn't matter, I'm not going to be here next year. Uh, nah, it wasn't that kind of feeling. I thought, coming into the game, I thought, yeah, I need to play play my hardest because this is something um, Villa fans will remember for the rest of their lives. And I thought I, I had a a service to give to, to Villa, um, a service of gratitude because of what they've done for me. Um, so yeah, I thought I had to go out and play, playing that shirt as if it was a Man United shirt. Um, and yeah, it felt like a, an honest performance and we got the win in the end. I'll do, wouldn't it? Did yeah. going on loan change you as a person? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it helped me just mature even more. Um, just being by myself there, it was kind of, uh, a very bogged down standard kind of daily routine. Um, you know, coming to training early, be there till very late, home, sleep, eat, sleep, mm -hmm. train the next day. You know, it was kind of like that almost every day. Um, you didn't have time to go out. You didn't have time to really be messing around or whatever. It was always home. Um, didn't really have time to be coming up and down Manchester, mm -hmm. Birmingham. Yeah, lived on my own, out in the countryside. You know, how did you find living on your own? Did I, I you've like obviously it. survived. Yeah, <laughs> I like it because you can just be so focused and so disciplined. You know, there's no distractions, there's no um, temptations to do anything. Um, it was very good. I thought, um, and I could feel my my body adapting. My football standards was improving. Um, that environment was very good. And coming back here, I've tried to replicate that. Um, so just to to kind of hit that kind of performance again. And then, of course, you did come back. Yeah. And now we are, apart from, obviously, because you've been injured, yeah. we're seeing you in the first team regularly. Yeah. What does that feel like? Um, it just feels great, you know, to kind of have your work appreciated. That's it, really. I think um, the manager's just been honest with me. He's just told me from the get-go, you know, here's your, your chance to prove yourself in pre-season tour. And he liked what he saw. And he, you know, he just said to me, you know, if you, if you stay, you'll play. It was as simple as that. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I was grateful because, you know, first couple of games I'm, I'm on the bench, you know, mm -hmm. I'm raring to go and anything I'm in. And obviously the opportunity is in the Cup and the Europa game. So, you know, touch wood, I stay fit to the end of the season. There'll be opportunities for me to play. And, and that's what you want from a, from a manager, just complete honesty. If you mm -hmm. don't play, give a reason why, you know. Yeah. You, you know this competition, so you're not going to be angry. You're going to be understanding, you know. Um, as long as the manager is open and honest and, and has plans for you to play you just get along fine you know yeah. and of course he's not the only one that believes in you yeah and I think the proof is you've got an incredible chant yeah <laughs> I love it man. I yeah. love it it just gets me buzzing such a good tune yeah, 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 yeah. Sam's gonna give us a round have you ever have you been singing along to it on the pitch yeah, I just sing along with my head, you know, nice. it's just a little, yeah. little bump and it just gets you just, you find that five, 10% more, it's weird. It's just kind of like a spiritual uplift. Um, but no, I couldn't be, couldn't be more grateful. Has there ever been a moment where, could you say it gives you that little lift? Do, yeah. Have you ever got the ball when it's been going and you just think, I could probably just beat everybody here. Run it for us everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just waiting for the ball to come and thinking, I could just run through this gap here, take three or four players yeah. and just bang the top <laughs> ins. Uh, yeah, it does give you that confidence, that belief. Um, and yeah, just again reiterating, I'm just grateful. What was it like to lead the team out against Rochdale? Yeah, that's always something I remember for the rest of my life. I mean, and, um, I thanked the manager afterwards. Um, 
you know, because it was it was out of the blue. Um, he didn't have to do that. There was so much more uh, senior players in in that team, which could who could have easily been the captain. But um, I think he recognised that it could I could use it a bit more. Yeah, and just just told me to keep going and mm -hmm. hopefully there'll be many more opportunities where I am captain. Yeah, I'm sure is, there will be. Is that what you'd like perhaps to happen permanently in the future? Yeah, that's a target of mine. Um, just not, I wouldn't say necessarily be captain, just be a leader for the team, mm -hmm. you know? Just someone that's, that's other teammates can turn to you. I mean, like there's other like problems in football as well um, that a lot of people do not see. Um, I always say to the lads, you know, if you ever, if you need, you ever want to talk or anything, just... Just call me out, you know, especially in the younger age groups with lads that I've grown up with, you know, um, a lot of players had different problems and obviously being captain in the youth team and the reserves, I was just like, lads, if you, if you came naturally, them, do yeah, you? Yeah. In, yeah, individually, I'll just speak to them and if they had a problem or something was going on, I'll just speak to them. I was like, listen, you don't need to tell me the ins and outs. If you just have a problem mm -hmm. and you have no one to talk to, you you know, just, just mm -hmm. call me or whatever, or I'll come meet you or whatever and we can, we can talk it out, try to help you and stuff like that. Because um, that kind of stuff, I think, if a player's been affected off the pitch, it really does affect their performance on the pitch. Mm -hmm. So if we have everyone operating at 100%, then we'll, we're, we're a much more better team. This season, uh, like in the FA Cup games, they all started a minute later yeah. than the scheduled kickoff times because they wanted people to think about things like mental health yeah. and the kind of problems that perhaps people don't always see. Yeah. Do you think things inside the game have improved? Because sometimes things like that, it's it seems like a lot of lip service. And you don't always get yeah. actual action, but from inside, you probably know better than we would. Yeah, definitely. I think um, psychiatrists have been involved into the football more. There's a lot of things, especially at this club, we have a player care um, system. So, you know, anything off the pitch they need help with, they can help you with. Um, so it's just a lot more support, really. And But it's, it's really down to you as an individual to express that, you know. No one can help you unless you want to help yourself. The club provide means for that to happen. It's just up to you to utilise it. Uh, we went out to Stockholm recently and spoke to Jesper Blomqvist. Yes. And he tells us some stories. He actually put his hand on his heart and said like it hurt his heart yeah. when Roy Keane would scream at him for like yeah. a misplaced pass. Yeah. And it took him a long time to work out that yeah. that atmosphere was yeah. what meant that side won so much because they could scream at each other, demand the absolute best, yeah. but it was never personal. And yeah. it, it, he just didn't work out for quite a few months. Yeah. Do you think that's changed now from that kind of mentality we saw in the 90s to the kind of dressing room, I guess, that you're in today? Yes, it has changed. Um, just because, like, like the, the player you just mentioned, I think a lot of players cannot deal with that anymore. They don't understand that Brokeen is not like that off the pitch. Um, on the pitch, like, Ashley Young was the prime example after on the pitch you'd man so much always be talking may space a pass he'll be onto you but he's not it's not a personal thing he's not telling you because he doesn't not it's not like because he dislikes you or anything like that he's just telling you because he wants he demands better and expects mm -hmm. better from you you're a Manchester United player so for me going out on loan at Villa I experienced that firsthand, and I never took it personal you know what I mean I was dishing a few myself and demanding better from my players in front of me and, and calling them in and whatnot. it's missed a, a lot in football now I think Again, people take a personal kind of continue off the pitch, but as soon as you cross the white line, it's done. You know what I mean? We, we can have our normal conversation about a restaurant or about whatever the other day or, or cars or whatever. But um, when you come on the pitch, it's application, it's professionalism, it's doing your job right. If you're not doing your job right, you need to be told. It's mm -hmm. as simple as that. It's just con constructive criticism, but just in a heated 
um, environment with a lot of pressure. So the demand is high and you just need to understand as a player and that's what you're going to get yourself into when you're playing, you know, in front of 76,000 people at Old Trafford. So if you want to be a player, that's part of the experience, you know, and you just need to accept that as a footballer and that's it really. Who um, are you close to that you've grown up with throughout uh, the youth team? Obviously say Rashford, Rashi, um, we come through every age group together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say obviously changing change a lot. You have players coming and going. Um, Do you pay much attention to that? Yeah, you, you get you get advised not to ever be too close to anyone, just because it's it's a it's a come and go situation. It's it's the business of football. But no, nah, I, I think. You know, if you're close to someone, you can always continue that relationship mm-hmm. off the field. You know, any players that have moved on to other clubs that you still, I still, I still have with. contact with a lot of players that came up with the youth team even back in the day and in in, in schoolboy ages. Um, still have some form of contact with them. Um, I can always reach out to them. They can always reach out to me, and I think it's it's important. I always like to to see where people are going and how they're doing because um, they've played a part in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say in the change room, um, Rashi, Temol, that's kind of my age group, Scott, we've all come through the same kind of system um, relatively at the same time. We've experienced similar things, you know? So um, yeah, we're, we're, we're close. So you're all, you were delighted for them to make their debuts most just as much as you were for yourself? Most definitely, you know, like I was celebrating as if it was me. <laughs> and probably um, your family as well because they've come to watch all the exactly, youth like, team games yeah, and got to know yeah. each other's parents and exactly even my dad still asks to this day he'll always ask like an, an odd player where is he or where did he yeah. go just because you know you've grown up with these people you, mm-hmm. you've built a relationship with them so you're intrigued to know where they're at and um, if they're doing well and if they're healthy and stuff like yeah. that so uh, yeah when, when, when you see other people that you've come up with doing well it puts a smile on my face mm-hmm. and just want to cheer them on and tell them to keep going important dressing room question yeah we spoke to Ashley Young yeah. in December, I think, for yeah. the podcast. And he was talking all about his responsibilities as dressing room DJ, yeah. that he still runs it all off a couple of iPods <laughs> and how serious yeah. he takes it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of what's course, happened He's now gone to Inter Milan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's taken charge? There's not a definitive DJ. Yeah. I think Ash, Ash was a people's DJ. I think we need someone like that again. The people's um, DJ, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I could step up to that role. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big I, role. Yeah, I, I can speak to everyone really. Um, even though we have a couple of language barriers, I have still still have some form of communication with everyone. But would you would you be able to get music for everyone? Because obviously, yeah, like that, that's David the De Gea thing. is 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 on a different trip to a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, David he's can, in his heavy he metal, cannot be he? DJ because yeah. <laughs> he he's so biased. He'll listen to only Spanish music and rock metal. I'm talking metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've know. heard that before. Um, so you think that you could cater to I all? Could cater to mm-hmm. all because everyone switches, especially on a match day. Everyone switches onto something different. What you do know. you do? Uh, what do you listen to on the way to a match? Do you listen to music? Sorry, yeah, actually? I listen to yeah. music on the way to a match. Um, various different things. I think um, music that makes me think of things or um, think of memories that made me happy. You know, and I just like to get in that vibe before a game. It can it can even be a slow song. It doesn't have to be something that's always upbeat. Just something that gets you in the zone. Just gets you thinking, mm-hmm. thinking about how you're gonna play. Um, yeah, and I think being that way myself I know everyone else has something different that they 
can switch on to. So I, I feel like I can provide music to everyone to switch on, you know? In a, in a month's time or so, yeah. when we speak to someone, I'm going to say, yeah. who's, who's in charge it? of the music yeah. and see if you've taken, taken over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've been injured for a while, so obviously yeah. I've not been in there, but... Yeah. Um, okay. You're going to work yeah, your way yeah, in there exactly, so late. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, we went to one game and um, Ash wasn't there and I took, I think it was Astana away. And I took control and everyone was like, yeah, Axe, mm. Axe is playing good music. Axe is playing, you know what I mean? So um, kind of from there, going to gonna take it from there. Tell you what, Axel. that's enough to be a future captain. <laughs> I, um, I was at Astana away. No, right. um, and I was stood out in the dugout yeah. while the, you were in the dressing room yeah. with David May. And um, Mike Phelan walks out and he says to Maisie, yeah, he needed a break from the music in there. <laughs> Yeah, hey, nah, it's, it's not for them. I, they always complain. Every every age group I've been in, yeah. all the coaches seem to complain about the music. Right. But the music is not for you. You usually are not going out on the pitch. Get yeah. your earplugs in. Yeah, exactly. The music's not for you. It's to pump up the lads. You know, you just have to sit there and appreciate it. Um, yeah, they've never been fun to it. They always wanted to play some old stuff that was was made before we were born. You know. <laughs> So <laughs> that'll probably be me to be fair. <laughs> Axel, it's been a pleasure. Um, just before we go, aims for the future, captain um, of this club. That's a target. That's a target, definitely. I think um, having so much history with the club, um, studying the identity of the club, um, I'd always like to portray that constantly um, to always show people what Man United is about. There's the right foundation. Um, for that you know people like Marcus Scott they have that kind of same upbringing um, so they can help kind of install that into foreign players and so and whatnot. Um, staying fit really staying fit as for long as possible um, playing as many games um, winning winning titles winning trophies mm -hmm. you know having medals to, to show for for all the hard work that we're putting in and yeah just kind of rebuild the club back to the to its um natural status you know back on top because it it feels weird that we're not on top you know after being on top for so long so just just to get the club back into that into that mindset again can't think of anyone who wouldn't want that no exactly we have it yeah Actually, thank you so much for joining thank us you thank you much. for having me thank you what a mature guy absolutely amazing Incredible. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's listened to him speak and just thinks, I really want all his dreams to come to you. I want him to be Man United captain in the future. He just gets it. He totally understands the club. And not only that, he wants to, he's passionate about it. Yeah, he is. I remember watching interviews with him from, you know, even a couple of years back. I'm sure even his debut, he was, he just speaks so maturely. Somebody yeah. that you can see being at this club for a mm -hmm. very long time. He... You know, incorporates everything about being a Manchester United player, doesn't he? And also, he is a leader, like talking about, yeah. and he's not saying these things for, for credit or for glory, but going around saying to people, if there's something you need to talk about, I'm here, you, you mm. can tell me, we can fix these problems. That's a proper leader, isn't it? Yeah, indeed it is. And, you know, he's had such a great career so mm -hmm. far, particularly on loan. And I can only see things going from there. Yeah, if he, if he, basically, if he can stay better fit, and better for then, him here. yeah, it's just going to get, and, and also, especially with Ollie in charge, I think, yeah. someone who absolutely believes in, in the kind of player that Axel is. I think it'd be great. Be interesting to get Maisie's take on on Axel, actually. Yeah, from a yeah. from a defender's yeah, perspective. Yeah. yeah. So what do we know, Sam? Yeah, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately nothing, Helen. You're married to a centre back. <laughs> yeah, no. What, what does that teach us? Is he good? Yeah. Great. He's there all right. we go. Now we know.
<laughs> All right. Well, that was our Axel Twanzebe podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Genuinely. I think we're, we're both just sort of stunned at just how good He's a talker so, he was. He was better than us. Yeah, he was. Maybe we should get him to... Let's not tell everyone that, though. No. That's, we, we've yeah, got let's... no role apart from that. He's good at defending. Let's let him do that. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can email us at unitedpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. That's utdpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. Um, also, make sure you like this and subscribe and all that stuff on the podcast platform you are choosing to listen from. And we thank you so much for doing that. And thank we'll you. see you on the next one.